Hi, and welcome to another episode of A Shot Glass of Recovery with your host, Julie, half of the dynamic duo that brings you the podcast, Two Sober Chicks. Good day to you. I'm going to give you a cheers with my beautiful green tea. Cheers. Mmm. So grassy. I don't drink coffee, but I am a tea snob. So I am drinking a Japanese green tea. Uh, green tea, loose green tea. Loose tea is all I buy. Needs to be steeped at about 80 degrees so that it doesn't get all bitter. I love oolong teas. You can steep them twice and for a longer temperature. I drink black tea in the morning. It's part of my British roots. So I love tea. Ah, cheers. Okay, today we're going to look at the language of letting go. May 21. By the way, I heard this COVID's going to go on much longer for large groups gathering. Could be even next year. Sorry if that gave you anxiety. Um, So I'm really clinging to my small women's AA group that I have come to rely on two to three times a week. And I'm very glad that I have access to technology and know how to work it because I think a lot of the long timers that I know are not doing this. And that makes me sad. Sad they can't get their fellowship. May 21st, getting needs met. I want to change careers. I need a friend. I'm ready to be in a relationship, aren't we all? Regularly, we become aware of new needs. We may need to change our behavior with our children. We may need a new couch, (laughs) love and nurturing, a dollar, or help. Do not be afraid to recognize a want or need. The birth of a want or need, the temporary frustration from acknowledging a need before it's met, it's a good one, is the start of the cycle of receiving what we want. We follow this by letting go then receiving that which we want and need. Identifying our needs is preparation for good things to come. Acknowledging our needs means we are prepared and drawn to that which will meet them. We can have faith to stand in that place in between. Today, I will let go of my belief that my needs never get met. I will acknowledge my wants and needs, then turn them over to my higher power my higher power cares, sometimes about the silliest little things. If I do, my wants and needs are not an accident. God created me and all my desires. I love that. So what that brings to my mind is a memory of about six months ago, I'd say. And I was shocked to find myself developing an attraction to a man who it would be inappropriate to be attracted to him that's not the wording is wrong he was he was a married man in my life that I didn't know I was attracted to and one day the thought popped into my head that I was attracted to him like I felt it and I was shocked by it I was actually really disturbed by it Um, it's not often I find myself attracted to men Uh, not because I'm attracted to women it's just very rare for me 
And so when it came into my awareness, I re- I it was like a hand on a hot stove. I was repelled by it because of the fact that it was towards a married man. And that is very different for me in my recovery years versus the years where it didn't matter to me if someone was married. And so being very disturbed by this, I brought it to a friend of mine who also happens to be a therapist because I was really struggling with it. I was really upset at myself and I wanted to push it away. And she said so many wise words to me about that. And what she said was, God created you to have desires. The desire itself is not wrong. You're not doing anything wrong. You're a sexual, you're a human being who has sexual needs and desires, emotional needs and desires, mental needs and desires, physical needs and desires. That's okay. So don't push the desire away because you'll then spiral into shame or even guilt. And I was feeling those things. I was feeling an immense amount of shame or guilt. And I hadn't done anything. I had just recognized in a moment that I was attracted to this man. I will not act on that because that's not who I am anymore. Um, I'm a girl's girl. I don't go after other women's men. I don't behave inappropriately with other women's men, regardless of whether or not I can see that they... um, find me interesting to talk to or otherwise. I just don't. It's not appropriate. I'm not okay with it. I don't do it. So what she said was, okay, so recognize the desire and then let it go. And I'm like, what do you mean? She said, look at it for what it is. Say thank you for telling me something and then pray to God to help you release it. And you know what? It worked. Because I was able to look at that desire and what it was telling me, which was, yes, he's handsome, but it was more so I want to be with a man like that someday, somebody handsome and charismatic and smart and funny, a family man who loved his wife and child. Um, I liked so many different things about him. So it held a real gem of truth for me. And then I prayed to God to take away not the desire itself per se, but the feelings of attraction to this other man because for me, they were misplaced. That is a misplaced person because that is not an appropriate for a relationship for me. And for me, if I entertain fantasy, so this is why I'm a very emotionally intense person. And in the past, I have developed relationships in my head with people that have no idea that I'm in a relationship with them. And then I respond to conversations or rejection or whatever, as if It has happened to the two of us in a relationship. It's very unhealthy for me to feed my fantasies because my heart starts to link up with my thoughts or my actions start to line up with my desires. And that's a dangerous place for me to be. So I indeed looked at what the desire was telling me, thanked it for the information it gave me, and then prayed for God to help me let it go and take this misplaced attraction and save it for the right person. And it worked. And the several times that I was in front of this man 
um, in the months that followed, I didn't have those feelings, which was such a relief for me. But when I did find myself admiring or respecting or liking something about him, it was in a a liking, respecting, or admiring way. It wasn't in a sexually charged or physically attracted way. And I really loved that my friend pointed that out to me, that we indeed have needs and wants and desires as human beings. We just need to know where to place them. In recovery, we talk about misplaced needs or wants. We misuse our will. We misuse the fears that drive our addictive behaviors in seeking to act them out, whether it's booze, drugs, or inappropriate behaviors, gambling, shopping, sleeping around, whatever it is. As Lisa would say, sexually extroverted, not promiscuous. Last night, I was actually on a group text with um, my siblings, and I can't even remember what came up or why, but we were talking about our favorite terms for loose women. I mean, (laughs) floozy happens to be mine. Um, I won't get into some of the dirtier ones, but harlot was another close favorite. So anyways, off track. Misuse of our human nature or human powers is often what gets us into trouble with addictions because it starts as a mental obsession and then it becomes a physical craving and then we feed it and then we're in big trouble. And it's this horrible downward cycle. Cycle. So acknowledge your needs and wants. Look at them for what they are. If they're bothering you, talk to a therapist, talk to your sponsor, do a fourth on it. Um, I talked to this friend instead of going to my sponsor. I happened to work out some of my issues in therapy and not in recovery, the 12 steps, and vice versa. Some stuff I work out in the 12 steps, but not in therapy. Uh, It's the wonderful gift I've been given with so many different tools in order to approach my humanity and the little speed bumps and bits of pebbles in my shoes that come along and threaten me, threaten my daily walk, threaten my mental health, threaten my emotional sobriety. So I hope that's been helpful for you. Thanks for listening to me yet another day. Like I said before, I made a commitment to do these shot glasses several times a week, if not every day of the week while we are all in isolation and self-quarantine It's a difficult time. We're cut off from our recovery community. And I think if we can even just check in with each other on a regular basis, we'll do much better that way than alone. Remember, that's my favorite slogan. Remember, you are no longer alone. All right, then. I bid you adieu, and I will speak to you tomorrow.